You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Good day, everybody. Welcome back to the Break It Down Podcast. In case you're not keeping up with all my episodes, this is a big deal. I've taken the Break It Down Podcast you know, professional or public, maybe, to into a real thing. I've, and what I mean by that is I've started a Patreon page and a community to really, you know, be active and involved with you guys and try to make something special out of this show because it's really fun. It's one of my favorite things that I do, and I'd like to spend more time on it. I've really enjoyed this month doing shows this often. So I would urge you to please go look at my Patreon page. And I finally had to put into language what did I feel like I'm trying to do. And so you might find that interesting, although you might find it obvious because you've already been listening to the show for a while, but it really would mean the world to me if you guys would support me on Patreon. And I think I say in the video for that, that I made, that I don't think of it as charity. It's really you guys supporting stuff that you want to exist with no middleman, no company, no corporate agenda. This is, media has always been so dissociated between there's always been so much between the creators and the business side and everything else and then the consumer and what i've trying to do here is just have mine and your interests aligned so we both get to listen and learn and it'll benefit you the listener and me in the same way and so anything that is independent media that you could support i suggest supporting it and i don't think like i said i don't think of it as charity it's actually paid services. And I think we'll see that in the whole economy more where people will more voluntarily pay for um, news that they want. Or I believe people will even start paying eventually for Facebook or social media in a way that will make it less the the consumer being the you know, marketed to and sold to big companies and more. We, what we want is consumers to be the to have their best interest in mind with the media created for them directly. That's what we're supporting, what we're trying to engineer, and what the emergence of Patreon and crowdfunding and these things are. So it's very good to support, even if it's not mine. I think these, this is, is the way to go to send a message of the kind of stuff we want to see uh, go and make sense and work in the world. So thank you guys already for supporting me. I'm trying to get things off the ground and pay Reva. And, uh, you know, I'd love to do more in-person stuff and spend even more time and money on this show. So thank you very much for all the support so far. Today's show is Tim from Under Oath. And we start off by talking about skateboarding and life and kids. There's a bunch of really good stuff in this episode, and uh, it was just unplanned, and Tim is just fascinating and fun and easy to talk to, and I always have a great time. Uh, So I think you will like it, and as always, this show is already sponsored by Broadcast Supply Worldwide. That's where I get my podcast gear and audio gear, and that is where you should get yours too, because they're just as good or better than priced for all the other online retailers. They have better customer service. They are awesome, and you get 10% off, so it will be the cheapest place you can get your audio gear, and it supports the show, bswusa.com, and use the promo code DOWN, which will tell them that I sent you. Also, another promo code for you is PODCAST20, and that will get you 20% off joeysturgistones.com, all the audio plugins and audio software that he makes there. I'm going to have him on the show soon and talk about his company and what he does, but I find it fascinating and amazing that somebody can just develop and create their own audio software. An individual can do that, not some big giant company, but an individual can figure out how to do that. Very cool. So we like to support that kind of thing. So joeysturgistones.com, promo code podcast 20. So you get 20% off for that. 
Okay, thank you guys for everything. Oh yeah, and the last thing I gotta say, and I'm gonna have to always say it, is my bands, Emory and Matt and Toby, both have tour dates. Go to emorymusic.com, and we just announced a bunch of dates. Shows are $10. You can see Emory this year for $10 is what, what the way we wanted to make it. And then Matt and Toby's going on soon, going on tour real soon with The Classic Crime. I think those tickets are at theclassiccrime.com. So looking forward to meeting all you guys. Let's do it. Thank you, Dada. Break it down, oh, break it down. 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 Let's make Live stream. Yeah, Tim. Back again, third week in a row. People are really digging your episodes because you're a really good communicator and you have the most dynamic backgrounds and locations. You're never at home. You're never. You're always on oh, the Oh, you loop. mean like this? Yeah. Yeah, you know, some straight-up street art in this vibe right now. Where are you right now? I'm at this bar in Tampa called The Bricks. It's a restaurant bar owned by the owner of uh, Skate Park of Tampa, which is, like, super famous. They were oh, yeah, on, like, Tony Hawk one. and all this stuff. Yeah, it's dope. So Tampa's got a rad skate scene, and they built this badass bar with graffiti everywhere and they have full menu and breakfast and coffee and it's my my afternoon spot if i get to dip out they have a good patio so that's where we're at right now jamming that new kendrick album on the freaking soundtrack here so hopefully you guys get a little bit of that without getting you in trouble now see this is why you're a good podcaster and why i want you to start a podcast because in your opening (laughs) sentence you've got you've already said three things that i really want to talk about and i don't even know which direction to go but i'm telling you what three hours son (laughs) but what i'm dying to talk about first of all for some reason is skateboarding itself Two, I really want to know what you're drinking and the stuff about this bar. And then I'm interested in your consumption of the Kendrick Lamar album. So I'm, I really oh, want to talk about all three of those, and I don't know where to begin. But I think skateboarding well, was about the, the surprise one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I'm so – I cannot tell you how into skateboarding I am right now. And this is as of – Two uh, about ten for the last ten days, I've been obsessed with skateboarding, and I forgot about it. Really, I love skateboarding, and forgot about it for a decade on accident. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, and the reason why is because Georgia's shown interest in skateboarding, and it's yep. blowing my mind. And and I've had so much. I'm such a different person than I was last time I skated. Or at all, which was a long time ago. Uh, I went and got my skateboard at a storage, and I put on some skate videos for her because she was asking about it. And we've been going to the skate park this week two or three times, and um, yeah. and it's just like, oh my gosh, these people are brilliant. I'm like, this is art. This is amazing. There's so much style. There's so much, and 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 skateboarding's progressed a lot in ten years too. Like a 2017 Thrasher video is way cooler than a 2000 skate video. Oh yeah, and it's just blowing my mind, and I'm just can't stop thinking about skateboarding at the moment dude you know what's funny about that is i saw your story with georgia riding Mm -hmm. that scooter with the two front wheels yeah and i literally that i think you posted that like three days before i got off tour and i came home and my son ezra has been loving going to skate parks took him to the skate park of tampa Mm -hmm. this spot's like park took him to the pro contest he loved it and i came back and actually bought him that same scooter that you have 
yeah. Georgia, and he and I are rolling around. We're actually going to the Bro Bowl here in Tampa on that Saturday. So cool. Yeah, so Georgia is three and three quarters years old now, and we were at the Pacific Science Center down here by Space Needle walking with the baby stroller, and my little three-year-old daughter's got her helmet on and her little scooter. She's just pushing with yep. her r- little leg right beside the stroller, and she saw a skate park. She'd never seen one in her life, and she goes, ooh, daddy, look. She takes a right turn and just kicks three times as hard as she can and just starts bombing the skate park. On her scooter. Dude, we were I just saw that. Around. I was, was like, are wild. you serious? And she stayed yeah. there for an hour and didn't look up at me. She wasn't saying, Daddy, what? She was just in it. And I was blown away how focused she was on it. Yeah. And it was just like the most exciting thing. I didn't tell her to do it. I didn't ask her to do it. I didn't show her how to do anything. She was literally just run, riding on different transitions. And I could see her thinking about it and going on stuff and being timid and then going for it. I mean, she was just doing it. Completely self-directed, on her own, yep. and I just—I've never been—I've never enjoyed my daughter more than than when I saw her do that. I just couldn't believe it. I was so happy, and so now Dude, I'm like, I've, I've got to be skating. I went and got my skateboard out of—I uh, went and you know got my skateboard out of storage, and you know now we've gone to the park three times this week. <laughs> she wants to go every day. Dude, that's awesome. I thought you were saying the skateboarding component was such a new idea and you were laughing because about my uh, skateboard accident. Oh yeah. And your skateboard accident ties in too. Yeah. Let's do it. I thought thought you were talking about that. I was like, dude, you're about to shame me right now. No, but I do. No, but I want to talk about that too. Cause that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Cause there's obviously a big connection in skateboarding and music and art and industry. And you did have that skate. Have you told the story about your skateboard accident? I don't think so. You don't have to tell it. Do you want to tell it? No, it's fine. It's funny. I mean, it's funny it's, now that I'm alive. Yeah, but it was very serious. Um, I remember when we were down there in Tampa, whatever time that was, when it had happened. Oh pretty yeah, recently. I saw you guys right uh, after that. Yeah, so I was skateboarding on this uh, electric skateboard. Uh, I used to work at a company called Merchline, and one of our clients had this prototype of this electric skateboard that was remote controlled from your iPhone and from a, like an RC car controller, and the skateboard went 25 miles an hour. And they brought it over and let us all try it. And we were shooting an Instagram video about the product Mm -hmm. to show everyone how excited we were. And our product manager was in the middle of the street with my iPhone, or actually not my iPhone, his iPhone, shooting a video. And it's a video of me ripping straight down the street with no traffic, no water, nothing. 25 miles an hour, no helmet. And the skateboard locks up, throws me. And I fell just straight on the concrete, barely scraped my head. Like, thank God I didn't hit my head. It was just the dumbest thing I've ever done. And I broke my ribs and I knew it because I'd broken my ribs before. We were eating lunch. It was around 1130. And I was like, dude, all right, I'm going to sit here through lunch. 12 o'clock came, tacos came. I'm like, dude, I feel weird. And if I don't go home right now, my body's going to be so sore. I won't even be able to get in my car. So I drove home at like one in the afternoon passed out in front of my house, like got out of my car, felt really weird, opened the door to my house. My kids were napping, thank God. My wife literally is in our living room. I open the door, she looks at me, I look at her and just black out and pass out in my stoop. And I wake up with her like hitting me like, Tim, Tim, like what the hell's going on? I'm like, I'm fine, I just broke my ribs. I probably just ate too fast, I feel weird go inside. I'm like, it's fine. She's like, you got to go to the doctor. No, don't. I don't want to go to the doctor. We don't have good health insurance. They're just going to charge me a bunch of money to tell me I broke my ribs. And I know I broke my ribs. So I'm just going to have to sit here. It's my own bed to lay in. And so I just ask her for a drink of water and I'm sitting on my couch mm-hmm. and I lean back and I blink and I wake up 
And I wake up after I blinked and it felt to me like a split second. And I wake up to my wife screaming, bawling on the phone saying, my husband just had a seizure. I need 911 right now. She called 911. And I guess when oh I laid gosh. my head back, I went into a full seizure, eyes open, looking at the ceiling, like straight up, like, like vibing out, full on, like locked up body, everything. And went to the hospital, got all the tests done. They're like, yeah, you broke three ribs. I'm like, yeah, I know that. And they're like, yeah, and you also obliterated your spleen and lacerated your spleen to a four out of five, five being a shattered spleen where you have to do immediate surgery. And I was bleeding out internally and my brain didn't have enough blood coming to it to actually function. And I had a seizure because my brain was shutting down because there was no blood oh, getting to it. And I spent four days in the ICU and had I gone to sleep that night, I just, I think I would have died. You, you wouldn't have woken up maybe. Yeah. So yeah. So thankfully I had a seizure that made my wife make me go to the hospital. I was on IVs, like blood, this and that's like hemoglobin tests, the whole nine yards had to get a catheter, all of it. It was just brutal, but it was just anytime skateboarding comes up, everyone just makes a skateboarding joke. Like, dude, you're not allowed to ride a skateboard anymore. Cause I, uh, supposedly am, Bad, bad news. That wasn't meals, your but. fault, though. That was not your fault. But so, uh, yeah, <laughs> well, for not putting a helmet but on, but a helmet wouldn't have helped you. You couldn't put a spleen guard on. I mean, you know what I mean? That's true. <laughs> I could have duct taped and freaking laminated my spleen at Kinko's before, but I didn't do it. So it's my bad. I wonder, though, you know, what that really. I don't know. Like, do you, do you take a lesson from that, that of the way that you were behaving about not getting medical attention? Because it's such a profound thing when you have kids. It's like. How many damn times are you going to take them to the doctor for nothing and get charged a bunch of money for yourself or for your kids when you know they're fine? You know what I mean? That's yeah, a tough I mean, thing. I, but as you, I mean, you, if you were any prouder than you were, didn't have that seizure, you could have died. I mean, do you think of it that way? Like you were being sure, so stupid sure. or what? I mean, that same stuff happened with my dad. I mean, I think we spoke about that like last year. But I mean, my dad had a stroke at work and drove home. Is he some like mm -hmm. John Wayne mother effer, you yeah. know, just like grew up in the sixties. Like you don't do anything. Nobody tells you anything. And he's like the strongest dude I know, but he's so strong that like dude straight up having his body shut down. He's like, I think I feel weird. I'm going to go drive home. Couldn't even sign out of work. Like slurred his entire life. Just like, that's weird. My arms don't I just work. sign out of you work with his left, left arm this time. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, you know, I think that's built in our DNA as men and, and in, in American culture is just like you're taught not to ask for help, yeah. not to humble yourself, not to be like, you know, anything. And I think the or end of the day, like everything's for an ER visit. That's another thing to program. <laughs> totally. I mean, $800 is yeah. good. But uh, yeah, no, it's good. I mean, it's it's whatever. I mean, people are weird and I think we all have that weirdness. But yeah, I would say that I'm less, less open to going to a doctor unless I feel like it's an absolute emergency mm -hmm. instead of preventative care, which is probably not a good thing. But then I got in a car accident like a year and a half ago. My back started hurting. It was right before our no it was actually three years ago it was right before our farewell tour and you know i had to go do the whole like get x-rays and all that and the dude's like yo your spine is literally perfect i thought he was going to be like you know i don't go to the doctor because you know being in a band like us it's like your neck's probably shot you're yeah. probably not gonna be able to look left in like three years mm -hmm. dude like did a full scan he's like your neck and your back are like what we get shown in school as what a perfect spine and neck should be That's it was just like good. oh it's the first time I've ever been to a doctor, and it hasn't been this good doom news. and gloom. Like, well, you might have seven cancers. You know, well, if you so went to a chiropractor, they'd find ninety-two things wrong with you. 
And well, that's where I went. Like it was this chiropractor. <laughs> well, the chiropractor tells you that's good. That's good. It was an yeah, honest it was chiropractor. Good. I like it. Yeah, I got away from it. It was my grandma's chiropractor, so he has to be honest. So, you know that that brings up a whole another thing that interests me, and I still want to go back to skateboarding. But uh, do you think? And I really legitimately have this question for specifically you and me. Do you think that? Maybe your spine's fine, your neck's fine, and maybe even our hearing's fine, which I I think maybe our hearing's somehow okay, which I, I'm surprised about. But I genuinely wonder, not making a joke, if we couldn't have some kind of CTE or brain injury from the brain rattling around from headbanging in the way that football players do that doesn't show up until we're in our 60s. Do you think that's not possible, jiggling mm. our brains, headbanging as much as we have? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I even... I think even Chris, like Chris, yeah, Chris had is trouble a candidate swallowing, <laughs> you know, no, Chris had trouble swallowing and he went to, you know, the doctor and he's like, yeah, my throat feels weird and got all these tests done. They're like, yeah, cause all your vertebrae back here are fusing together because mm-hmm. you just ruined all the cartilage in your, in your neck. And it was right before we did the rebirth tour, actually, when he found all that out, I'm like, oh man, I wonder how Chris is going to do with like his warning from the doctor and then i just the first night i look over and he's just like no yeah. just ripping yeah. and it's just yeah i think we're all gonna have weird repercussions but i mean like day, that football player when the really serious one you know yeah i don't think so i mean your brain rattling around when it's in its own shell is different than like your brain and body going this way and then getting hit back this way. I yeah. think that's where the whole thing happens. Yeah, I think there's you know? less impact, but they say even the it's, they say it's not even the biggest concussions that hurt the football players a lot of times, even though those are really bad. It's like the defensive tackles that are con- that the, slam, repetition. the repetition yep. of slamming in. So their slamming in helmet to helmet isn't as bad, but it's still the deceleration, acceleration of your brain inside of your own skull that's doing it. Now, if I'm headbanging, that's less than an actual impact because I'm – taking my neck and going back, you know, the other way. But nonetheless, it's relatively violent on the brain, and I wouldn't be that surprised if there – there's not that many cases. Like, there's way more football players and athletes and fighters to study. There's not that many musicians that have been headbanging for that long, really. There's just not that many, and we haven't ever seen any of them get older. Like, we have no data on it. Well, I mean, let's just do a basic test then. Do you remember less now than you did 10 years ago when you were headbanging for, like, the first time? Well, that's not a good test, but I do remember less, but that comes with age. But that's the same, same as anybody says, yeah, I, should, I drank too many beers when I was in college. That's why I don't remember anything or something. But that's not really what it that's is. You just, you just attribute yeah. it to something as your memory gets a little bit worse. But mine's a little bit worse for sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that my general awareness has gone down. <laughs> and I'm going to attribute all of it to headbang. <laughs> yeah, at least so I, I, got I would it. say yes. <laughs> CTE, like CTS, whatever you want to call it, we all have it, and so, we're all suffering from it. But uh, were you? Did you grow up in skateboarding and skate culture? Like, are you a yeah, good skater? You know yeah. how to, you know, skate a vert yeah, ramp and I'm, stuff. Um, not vert ramp. I was more street skating. But yeah, I got four one one volume fifteen, and I don't even know if four one one's still around because I'm kind of out of it. But mm-hmm. that was like the VHS. I heard Al Green. I heard, oh, there were so many good songs. Like my introduction to hip hop was from that, like soul, everything. And yeah, it was just yeah. great. And then, yeah, I did a, you know, small contest here in town. It was just like oh, anyone really? can come in and yeah, for $20, you can, you know, enter. I got like 89th out of like 95, like I <laughs> made like one trick and then fell over and they're like, yeah, thanks for your money. Get out of here. But uh, yeah, I used to skate around here with a lot of kids like there was a big skate culture in like my middle school and that was really my introduction that was the first time i ever left my like my house and my mom and my 
general bubble and started learning about the world with like kids that like smoked cigarettes or like drank beers, like yeah. this like fringe culture. And yeah, they were That's all awesome. so cool. And, you know, we'd go to this, you know, this guy's 26 and has a house and has a vert ramp. And that was like the coolest yeah. thing. Like Hugh Hefner invited us into his mansion or yeah, something. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we just, we just had this weird kind of hood rat skate culture around here and it was cool. Yeah, and then, uh, it's so awesome. Yeah. Where I grew up, there just wasn't any culture of almost any kind, and I kind of you know heard alternative music in Nirvana, and I saw some skate videos. There's some kid that moved to our school that came from a big city, and he skated. Like that was the only type of For exposure sure. that I had to anything. And we live in the woods and had gravel driveway, so I've I never even skateboarded. No skating there. No, just no skating. Period. Uh, Toby and I literally got into indie music when we were in college in our 20s and skateboarding. So I'm 20 years old. And Toby and wow. I, and Toby's probably 23 years old, and we bought skateboards at KB Toys and learned to ollie Whoa. in college in our living apartment in our living KB room. Toys. Yeah, because we were big. When was the last time that company was in business? I don't know, but we would break the skateboard. They were like $20, $30 skateboards, so we weren't going to buy a $100 Powell board at the time. We didn't even know how to skate, and we were just trying to learn to ollie in the you know in our apartment, and there's like the newest, freshest thing is just to be skateboarding, And but we are so far, no. you know, we are 10 years too late to it, and we skated. I just love those alternative cultures so much, and it's so weird to For think sure. about it, how, how it was frowned upon by a and seen as negative and all this crazy stuff. And when I look at it now, I think it's beautiful. It's art. It's exactly what kids need to be doing. And it's productive and it's just awesome. I just think it's just so good. Yeah. And it's exercise. It's, and the coolest yeah. thing is like my brother-in-law, so Elizabeth, my wife's brother, Chris, who's the oldest, he grew up skateboarding. He has a nine-year-old son, like my nephew Asher, and they mm -hmm. moved to Texas for his job. So we have this really tight-knit family and then all of a sudden this microcosm like group, husband, wife, and two kids are like transplanted halfway across the country and they're kind of left with not a lot to do. And so Asher had started skating. And so him and Chris, Chris started taking Asher to like these skate parks and local parks and things like that. And now he's posting these videos on Instagram. This kid's like straight up like front flipping Whoa. and like pop shoving off of like you know, rock, like just stairs and he's doing, he does bonelesses, like literally takes his front foot off and just pops himself up and just spins around in the air. And I'm literally wow. looking at this nine-year-old kid going, this kid's doing more stuff than I ever oh, could do. Yeah. And the whole thing, what I've realized like is it's just kids are there. Like they're so moldable. If you give them the opportunity, yeah. they're going to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I just feel like, investing the time with your kids and you know you're a, a busy dude i'm a busy dude like we both have kids we both want to be great bandmates great business partners great husbands and great dads like those those saturday mornings man they're irreplaceable oh just i mean your kids are just they thrive off that it's man. just they thrive so, off so that. you're so right about that and everybody likes to say your kids should learn a foreign language when they're uh, blah 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 i get that i understand that we all know that kids totally. brains are more plastic and stuff but but it's it, what i don't like about it is the bias towards high end and highfalutin stuff like kids sure. it's not about what you get them into i'm glad george's into skateboarding because i like it but if you find a daggum kid self-directed interested and focused on a thing i do not give a shit you better you better <laughs> support that that's that's the, yep. the exercise is supporting them being self-directed and online and present and self-occupied and curious and driven if you see that 
if it's skateboarding, don't worry about stupid ass ballet lessons. We did ballet lessons before this. It's so dumb. It is so dumb. One hundred percent. I yep. can't believe how dumb it is. And if somebody would have had, <laughs> if, if one of those kids would have had any talent in this goofy three or four year old ballet class she was in, it would have crushed their spirit. They wouldn't. The kid wouldn't have got recognized as talented. Wouldn't have got pulled. I mean, I'm sure this yep. was a particularly bad community center ballet class, but it was nothing. And it was, it would have been soul squashing if you did have a genuine interest in dance to be in that stupid whatever that was. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't, I don't know why it gets me yeah. so worked up, but man, if you get into it and you can be supported directly, I don't care if it is a foreign language or a computer language or skateboarding or dance for all I care. But if they're into yep. it. Oh my gosh, you bet that's where you got to start with everything. Totally. And I mean, I think that's like the biggest thing with being a dad is like giving your kids opportunities to try things out and also get tired of them mm -hmm. and not forcing them to follow through on things they're not passionate about, but just trying the same key in a bunch of different locks until you actually open the door. Yeah. You know, like the only key that we have as parents is opportunity. Yes, that's exactly you know? right. And and it's like, I can afford $40 a month for something. So let's try soccer at the YMCA this month. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Well, we can't keep doing soccer then. So yep. let's try baseball. You just keep going down the road until you hit, hit something that feels kind of like they're resonating as hard as you're resonating on wanting them to do it. Yep. And I think that's really where it is. Because like with Marin, you know, my seven-year-old, like we did ballet, we did dance. She wants to get out of dance now. Now she's on to singing. She loves singing. She puts on talent shows at her house. She gets like grandma and all the aunts and all the cousins. And she, she's not like trying to show her skills. She literally will do a full on eight act talent show. She'll like book That's the awesome. talent, which is all of her cousins. She writes programs. She makes tickets. Production manager. So I don't know. Not singing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if she's going to be a promoter or a performer, yeah. but she's like, She's doing all of it, and of course, because it's her show, she headlines, and she doesn't even know that she's – she doesn't even have the ego to realize, like, I'm going on last because I'm the best. She just goes, you guys go first, and then I'll do my thing. Yeah. And she just wants everyone to be in her thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like – it's great. And then Ezra, same thing. Like, we put him in basketball, who's my five-year-old son. He's like, yeah, I don't like it. Just didn't like yeah. it. And now he's on that scooter, similar to Georgia, and he's just like, Dad, let's go to the skate park right now. I'm like, great, mm -hmm. have it, let's go. Yeah, you got to respect and their preferences over yours every, just almost every time, except for ice cream and candy, I suppose. That's, you know, that's a little different. But nonetheless, you got to totally. treat them like, they're you know supportive, not got not even. It's really not even guidance. It's really just support and opportunity is the way to think of it. But the pra the thing is, you get practice doing the hard part of getting into a new thing until you can learn it enough. Yes. That is just that doesn't matter how many different things you do that in. It's always worth it because it overlaps. It doesn't matter if you get into for sure. You know, just it, just getting into new things and knowing that it is possible to crack it if you're patient or just do it for. If you have enough motivation for a sustained interest just for long enough to ride that wave into having some experience with a new thing, that in itself is the skill. It's not wh whether you learn to ollie or not. For sure. The, yeah, and I think know. that that's like just building that confidence with your kids and also giving them the room to fail and room to be like, Dad, that's not for me, and mm -hmm. just going, okay, I get it. Like, But, but you have to find something. Yep. And let's just keep finding something, but you're not going to just coast through life and not have any ambition. So I think, and I, I think it's, 
almost like a conversation that's unsaid when you have motivated parents and they always see like dad's working on this or mom's working on this. It's like their whole thing is I want to work on my thing and I just that, don't know what my thing is. Right. Like my daughter, Marin, has this cupcake concept. She wants to start a cupcake bakery and she wants it to be in the King State coffee shop when nice. me, whenever me and Nate open up a place and she has all these plans and we sat one night in front of Photoshop and made her logo and the name's changed four That's times since so then. Good. But, you know, it's just feeding that thing. And it, it, as long as they know, like, when you have an idea, we're here. And when you want to put the idea down and just be a five-year-old or a seven-year-old, go put it down. And when you want to pick it back up, we're right here. Yep. You know, I would I take that that's farther really and say that uh, one of the biggest mistakes I think everybody always makes is we're we're at least we're going too far in the direction of we treat kids like kids and adults like adults, and I think we do it too much the opposite way. I think adults need to be treated more like kids, and kids need to be treated more like adults at least as a general rule. Because I think the same thing applies for uh, the same thing applies for adults too. You have to just continually seek and support opportunity and not say, oh, I can't. I just hate it when somebody says, oh, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I'm too old that, for that. that. That's just, you I'm cannot, too old for that. that's just not right. I mean, all it takes yeah. is a, a breaking a few new skills and you, you can shed that mindset. But there's such a bias to treat, say, oh, they don't know, they're kids. It doesn't matter, they're kids. That's so not true. And then to say, well, he's an adult, so he should know better. That's not true either. I really don't think that. Yeah, I don't think those things You're are, right. you know, you want to put too much responsibility on an adult and their volitional choices and who they are too much because their circumstances dictate a lot more than we think. And then kids, sure. we want to discount too much and not treat them like adults. It drives me crazy. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. I mean, I feel like that's that's something like I'd like to talk about, actually. I know we didn't really talk about that before the show. No, that's but right. like, I don't care. I'm realizing as we enter into our 30s now, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 37. But like case in point, like I have so many people that were dreamers at 20, like tried at 25. And then by 30, it's like the, the time clock ended. And now you just have to be this average, basic nine to five person for the rest of your life. And some people don't need creative outlets. Some people don't need, you know, flexible schedules. Some people crave structure. So I'm not dissing structure or promoting structure. I'm more just saying, I think that I'd love to hear your thoughts on how old do you have to be before you stop dreaming? <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure like Bridget has dreams that yeah. she hasn't achieved yet. That's and now example. she has kids and she's like, well, now I'm just a mom and my husband works all the time. So I'm just a housewife. Yeah. My dreams are now over. I wish I would have done this in my 20s. Like my wife, same thing. Like Elizabeth had all these dreams to travel and I want a road trip here and I want to write this book. And now I have three kids and my husband's on tour all the time or whatever. And I, I, I constantly keep reminding myself of like, we're still going to be alive if the universe has its way and gives us the pass for at least another 40 or 50 years yeah, like man we're not this is a good we're topic. not we're not too old and i and i feel like i see 50 year olds that are like dude i just retired and i got my savings and now i'm going to start that bar that i've been dreaming about since yeah. i was 20 and i'm like hell yeah yeah like that dude doesn't give a shit about his age it's this mentality of I understand life is here and I can make it what I want or I can let it make me what it wants. And I think that that's a really interesting thing. And I think Emery is a really good example with everyone being different ages and different, you know, financial ramifications mm -hmm. or needs and all of that. It's like, 
when do dudes just give up and stop dreaming and just go get a job, even though their heart is somewhere else? If your heart's where you want to be, then do whatever your heart says. And if yep. that's being an accountant, be an accountant. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So what that I, I thank you for bringing that up because and especially because you brought up my wife. So it makes me know that I need to apply my own reasoning to her more than I do because <laughs> the situation is yeah. is exactly that she does have a job and she likes it and it's rewarding and she's really good at it and we make a good income from it and it's very important. However, She's a great example of somebody who has some unbelievable talents that she doesn't have confidence in or know or wouldn't ever do for people or necessarily pursue, and largely due to her upbringing, I think. But she's great at art and singing and design and detail stuff. Like, so, she, for instance, she'd be a good computer front-end code person, for instance. But I don't want her to quit her job, and so if I... You know, like I wonder how much I feel I pressure her in the way people pressure their kids. Like, well, you know, we need your income, right? Or if she said, I wish, you know, because sometimes she'll say, should I stay at home? Or I wonder if I could start a business doing this or that, whatever. And my answer is not usually, yeah, quit your job. That, you know, yeah. I don't tell don't her that. Your dreams, babe. But, yeah. but I probably should, should encourage it even a lot more. Like, Things are going to change anyway, so I can't count on whatever. I mean, she may quit or lose her job or not want to have it or the company. Who knows? So why would I just say like, oh, you have some income. We better hang on to it at all costs. I better not sure. be sending her that message. And if I want to treat her like a kid in the, a good way, supportive opportunity, then I need to make really sure that I am empowering and encouraging of her because I do believe she has the skills. It'd be scary as crap if she wanted to quit her job and go do stuff, but – Sure. I think you're right. If she, if she, she, if I really felt that's what she wanted to do, I, the only thing I could do correctly as a husband would be support it, and it means whatever it means. So, I, sure. In that regard, I think you should treat your wife and other adults like you would kids that have an interest. Like a kid, yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny. So that's my that's thoughts on it, but I don't know that I, you know, it's just, it's just, we're so fear driven. It's like, I don't know, but I, but basically this is all I ever run into is people saying, yeah, it must be nice, but I got to pay the bills or I have to feed my kids. And I always sure. say, that's not exactly true. That's not, I understand what your point is. And I'm not saying I'm not more fortunate than you or whatever, or the other people are, or you don't have to be realistic ever or something, but there's something a little bit false, or at least it's you have to acknowledge this metaphorical when you talk about medical care and feeding your kids. Those aren't the things that are really up for grabs in America today with most people you know. Those aren't really what you're talking about when you use them as metaphors. You're not no. What you're talking about when you talk about medical insurance, for instance, is wealth protection against medical costs. You're not talking about getting going to the hospital or not. Sure. For instance. Yeah. And you're not talking no, I about agree. I know your grocery bill is expensive, but you're, there's no situation where you lose your job and your kids can't get over 600 calories a day. That's not really – that's not your actual concern in any way. We know that's not even a possibility. 100%. That's not a possibility whatsoever. Of course, you'd qualify for government food, if nothing else. So feeding your kids and medical care sound like when, when people use those as reasons, yeah. I, I'm hearing them say something that's – a little bit misleading in that regard because they're, they're, they're like saying survival. What if I can't get stitches? What if I can't get healthcare? What if I die? What if my kids die? That's why I need this nine to five. But that's not exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about risk, lifestyle choices, where you leave, wealth protection. Comfort. Comfort. Yeah. That's really what we're talking about. Yeah, and I think that that's like, I think that's the one thing that is interesting about the next generation is I think the next generation, and we've already seen that professionally in our generation is, I think we might have even talked about this um, 
you know, last week or the week before, but it's like the people that you're in business with are less concerned about the benefits or the perks, or do I get the Mercedes if I sell the most cars mm -hmm. or whatever. And they're really enjoying and after some sort of like stability in just peace of mind, yeah. culture, art. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the people I work with. And, and, and so it's a really interesting thing because when we were raised in the industrial age where it's, you work for 20 years, you get a pension, you retire, you buy your boat, maybe when you're 55 and by 60, you can't remember how to use it and you just die. And I think <laughs> we're in kind of in this new age where it's like, I'm not going to wait till I'm 60 to go travel the world with my wife. I'm going to figure out how to do it now. Yeah. I'm not going to wait to, you know, and, and, my dad or, you know, the people before us would be like, you guys are crazy. Your 401k is not even close to where it is. I don't even have a 401k. That's the point. I don't either. Like, I'm spending my retirement on my everyday life right now. Do I have a savings account? Yes. Do I invest in businesses and am I smart with my money? Of course. I'm not suggesting anyone spend their money for fun when they're starving and or late on their rent. What I am saying is the industrial age of work hard and you're going to get taken care of is a lie now. Yeah. People work hard all the time and get screwed over. It's who you know. It's how good you are. It's how much you follow through on mm -hmm. the small details and then how much spark and sizzle you put on the steak. Because everyone used to just be able to deliver steak. And now it's, but that guy's steak sizzles more than yours. And we're in this weird art economy where art actually matters. Creativity matters. Such a Expression good matters. And it's, it's, yeah, some people get scared by it. But for me, I'm like, that's great. I want an accountant who wants to think about my business yeah. in a creative way instead of going, this is what the law says. Yeah. This is what my spreadsheet says. And vice versa. And I'll give you an example of how that can backfire of. is I know that accountants, and my wife's an executive assistant to, to be specific, but I look at her and I say, hang on a second. I don't think your job's even future-proof anyway. Like I think the AI is going to be able to do your job a lot faster than you think, and you're going to be gone anyway. This is, it just doesn't, sure. it's not if you just work hard and impress your boss and show up on time. That doesn't, it's not, that doesn't guarantee you retirement money. It just doesn't. No. So no. you got to better watch out. But the other thing that strikes me at the age I'm in and what I've seen is the modes of over role-playing yourself as a parent and stuff like that, where you get that empty nest thing. You know what I'm talking about? Where you, your parents, friends have always been these strict parents and then the kids grew up and then they went back to being themselves kind of thing. Yeah, that one disturbs me a little bit too, to to the same degree. When they it seems like they were playing a role of, uh, you know, ha have it together parent, and thinking they had to play this part and do all these things that you're supposed to do and be, and then when your parent, kids are old enough, you're left either confused or weird or with a midlife crisis or empty nest, or you go swing the other way and start partying all the time. I've seen it, all that stuff. So I'm just sure. so committed to like stay integrated and in touch with what I'm really like. I don't, you know, I want to live integrated. I don't want to be in the, the business make money phase and then the retirement phase. I, I mean, I just, I, you know, I think those things might all be a little goofy at this point. Yeah. And I think they, I think it's like, I think it's like a compartmentalized eating philosophy where I have to eat all of my potatoes before I can move on to the broccoli, before I can move on to the steak. Good analogy. And I think that's kind of how old life worked. And now we're in this really cool creative time where I can have a bite of steak and then have some of this and have some of this and then drink some wine mm -hmm. and maybe even order a coffee halfway through instead of having that be like at the end of my meal. And I think that 
that makes for a more enjoyable experience at the table of life. And I think that, you know, for every hard year I work, I can take one month off and just enjoy it instead of working for 20 years and then taking 10 years off. It's, it's this give and receive in a very small way. And it's the same numbers and it's the same math. It's just dispersed in a more reasonable way. Mm-hmm. And now you're making memories at 20 and then 25 and 30 and 35 and 40 instead of I'm just working. And then at 55, man, my life's going to change. Yeah. I mean, just look at people's good. biases and the regrets. It's always going to be that. I mean, that's what my dad always. talks like now. He's like, oh, always. I don't remember doing enough stuff with you guys. Like, dad, you're fine. You came to the baseball games a time or two. It's all good kind of thing. And he's like, I regret that. Yeah. I was working too hard. You know, that kind of, that's the way he talks. I mean, so I had to yeah. try to pay attention to that and, and other people too. It's true, man. Yeah. I mean, there's... I, I went and saw Rob Bell in Los Angeles at the mm-hmm. Viper Room, I think last year, and he had this business conference. And I, I mean, I, I might not agree with everything he says, but I honestly love the guy and I think he's more right than he is wrong. Uh, take that as you will, listener and or you or Riva or anyone else. But I think like, I think it's really interesting because he said this one thing, because it wasn't about faith and it wasn't about doctrine or theology, it was about business and creativity. And he's like, the one thing that no one's ever said on someone's deathbed is, I wish you would have made more meetings. Yeah. I wish you would have made more yeah. creative, more creative like moves when we were doing this one thing in that project back in 1987. It's always, I'm sorry I missed the anniversary. I'm sorry I missed the first yeah. step. I'm sorry I missed the birth of this. I'm sorry I missed the christening or the whatever the baptism or anything that you do in your life. And it's like, and we actually had that really interesting conversation with Slipknot back in 2006 when Under Oath was on Taste of Chaos tour, uh, or no, Mayhem tour rather. Uh, One of the dudes from Slipknot came on our bus and we never knew what those guys looked like. And then they ended up watching us. So we watched them. They're like, yo, we love your band. Like, we love your band. I can't believe you're watching us. And they ended up like becoming friends with us for a very weird time on that tour and one of the guys literally told Chris and I, like, we've been on tour and we've been a massive metal band for so much of our career. And we've literally, I mean, nine members, you can't schedule tours around yeah. nine members. No, Someone's yeah. going to lose, right? right? Yeah. So he's like, we've missed birthdays, anniversaries, first steps, births. Yeah, I, I, totally. Births might be a little bit of an overstep, but... He he was saying everything but a marriage and a death we have missed in theory. Yeah, and he's like, you know, he didn't name names, he didn't name who or what, but he was just like, we've done that, and we're here now, and we're happy, and we're you know a successful band. But you know, the takeaway from that, he's like, just don't do that. Like if I could go back, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. And it's a really interesting thing because every band starting out is like, I'm going to give my soul to this scene. I'm going to go to the grind. Like Slipknot is my goal. And then you have dudes in Slipknot going, man, I wish I could be like you that says, I just need a month off because my dad's sick or I just need a month off because my wife's stressed out. Mm -hmm. You can't do that when you're at that level and you have 55 other people counting on you. That's right. It's that interesting dynamic. Yeah, I'm going to circle back to even still the word that came to me earlier and say it again to myself to make sure it makes sense. But it's it's like being fully integrated, I think, is what we're looking for yeah. there. Instead of instead of being high. Because it's great all the stuff that humans can accomplish through specialization. Brain surgery would be an example. Yes, just focus on brain surgery. That's really good. We're glad that 
you you're not well rounded. That's I'm glad sure. you have that specialization. But yeah. specialization also disconnects you from stuff. So if you overthink of your role as I am parent now, I'm pastor now, I'm uh, all dedicated to my band. Sure. All those over specializations, you know, obviously they at least they have consequences too. You have to at least face totally. that. So you want to be an integrated person your whole life and not phased out of what, what phase you're in or what special specialty you're into at the time. You had to fight yeah. that at least. And at the same time, I think there's like beauty in special like specialization from the consumer end, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going in under the knife. And this guy's like, dude, I've sold my soul to brain surgery. I'm glad I've done did, yeah. 500 surgeries. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm so glad you've been divorced five times. I'm so no glad friends. he's been divorced five times. I'm too, so glad you, your yeah. kids hate you. That's your choice. Because I'm going to wake <laughs> up feeling like a million bucks. You're going to save my all life. All you care but, about is my brain that's right. and your billions of dollars. That's right. And and so there there is that like selfish gain when people are in those spots. And I think that's what's really interesting about being in the music industry and being a professional is everyone wants, you know, the guy with the most hustle, the guy who's going to pick up at 2 a.m. And you realize like, you want a guy who doesn't care about his family more than he cares about you. And that's not very fair. So it's a really interesting idea of like trying to build an economy and a business relationship in the music industry where you're like, dude, if you call me and my wife is crying because she had a bad day, guess what? You're second. And I'm not picking up until tomorrow. Or if it's my anniversary and the website goes down, then the website's going to be down for four hours because I have dinner to deal with. And I think when you establish that, that hierarchy with people that are credible and understand, it's kind of that, that perfect marriage of, I expect you to hustle when I need you to, but if you don't, I expect you to be doing something much more important. Yeah. And people are and figuring that out. More important, the people are figuring great. that out. And uh, I'm glad for your time today. I know you got to call in a minute, so I'm going to let you off. But I'll wrap by saying I appreciate thinkers like you talking about this. All we're doing is identifying it. And I'm encouraged because people like you're thinking about it. And also, it sounds like a lot of the big companies are, are understanding you to the better holistically you take care of your employees. Sure. So not just entrepreneurs, but everybody working for these big progressive companies. Sounds like we're chasing down some good ideas to improve human life. So that's the that's the uh, territory, I guess, we're speaking about. But with Dude, no plan, yeah, we are, I, I, just, we, I didn't know what we we're going to talk about today, but it wasn't going to be any of this, but I still enjoyed it nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're still in warm-up phase. Yeah. I wish we had another hour. Well, we'll, we'll do it we'll another time. Work. I know you're gone Absolutely. next week, so we'll we'll get back or whatever. I don't know our schedule, but we'll do this some more. Soon. We'll find a time. Yeah. Appreciate it, Tim. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. See you guys later. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, 
I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.